From Largo to Seminole. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. Good morning. One of our top ten favorite days of the week. It's Friday. And your information avatars here, Jack Harris, Katie Bacino, and James Berlander. And if you want to be a part of the group, give us a call at 800-969-9352. We would like to hear from you, for sure. And our text number is 82945. And just begin your text with the call letters WFLA. And if you have our iHeart app, you want uh, WFLA on your iHeart app, and tell us how that operates. Yeah, if they're streaming news radio WFLA on the iHeart Radio app, uh, you'll you'll see a microphone on the screen. I'm still waking up here, Jack. Uh, and you could tap that microphone and send us up to a 30 second message, and we'll get it pretty much instantly. And I usually check it a couple times an hour. Yeah, and we got one very good one yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we did. I might add, so uh, we'd like to hear from you. I believe that it was Gino from Largo, by the way. I know they uh, they sent us a tweet um, after the fact. Yeah, I think it was. And uh, if you want to add something to the show, that's a good way to do it. So, uh, meanwhile, either that or just on the phone at 800-969-9352. That'll do it, too, the old-fashioned way with the telephone. That works. By the way, the um, jury found Hillsborough Sheriff's officials are to blame in the boy's death. Uh, Andrew Joseph, Jr., um, who, uh, well, a jury awarded $15 million in damages he, it's uh, what they called a wrongful death lawsuit against the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. And they split the total between Joseph Jr. and Deanna Joseph, the 14-year-old's mother. And they talked about how they were so elated. A 10-person panel delivered the verdict just after 6 o'clock last night, deciding that the Hillsborough County Sheriff... Um, Chad Chronister should compensate the parents for the loss of their son. And you remember the story. He was killed while he was crossing I-4. He was hit by an SUV. And this is after he and a bunch of other kids had been kicked out of the Florida State Fair. Now, they had been acting up and everything, and they were kicked out of the fair. And, of course, I-4 is fairly near there, and apparently... He decided to go north, and I guess he didn't have a cell phone to call his parents to pick him up or anything, but the defense, of course, can appeal it, so I'm sure this is going to end up in appellate court. Right. So we're going to hear much more from it later, but $15 million in damages, and again, they're going to be splitting it, so um, we'll see how all that plays out, and... They, um, well, they said that the 14-year-olds, the 14-year-olds' parents argued that deputies violated their son's rights by detaining and ejecting him from the Florida State Fair. And, of course, that led to him being run over on I-4. 
Uh, but that was student day at the fair, by the way, when all the students get in free. But they're saying that the sheriff's deputies have every right to eject anybody that's not acting properly at the fair. And apparently these kids were acting up in a big way. I've heard about a lot of fights happening at the fair the past couple of years. Yeah, that has gotten a little little shaky, to say the least. Right. But they've increased the number of deputies in the police presence at the fair over the past couple of years. And it's sad to say, because we're supposed to just go and have a fun time. Yep. It's supposed to be a good time with friends and family. That's it. That's what it's supposed to be, and sometimes it ain't like that. It's 11 after 5 on AM Tampa Bay. Chris Trinkman coming up here in a minute. Right now, we got John Thomas in our traffic. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 5.15 with Chris Trinkman in here from the newsroom. And what's going on this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. So we now have Tropical Depression 9. That is the system to be watching right now, currently 600 miles east-southeast of Kingston, Jamaica, in the Caribbean, packing winds of 35 miles per hour, so it's close to becoming a named tropical storm. It's moving west-northwest at 11 miles per hour, and it appears likely that it could enter the Gulf of Mexico next week, possibly as a Category 2 hurricane, where Tampa would be a potential target. Yeah, I was uh, looked at those several times on weather forecasts, those uh, lines that they draw that show where it might go. The spaghetti models. All the potential places. Yeah, the spaghetti models, as they call them. Uh, But um, the extreme right side of it has it coming right up here, right off the coast of Tampa. Yeah, and of course that would be exactly what we don't need. But... That is the risk that we have, especially at this time of year. We just passed the what's known as the peak of the hurricane season, but of course September and October are very dangerous months yeah. because you know the water has gotten warm all summer, and uh, you know you just see a lot of organization and uh, storm activity at this time. And we went most of the season with nothing, so now we're seeing a number of storms. This one would be called, I believe, it would be called Hermine. Um, there's, or Hermione, or whatever. yeah, I'm not the weather person to know that for sure. You know, they yeah, that's that's what it would be. And uh, if it were to come by here, the the worst part of a storm system or a hurricane is the upper right quadrant, right? The northeast and that's quadrant, the one that would nail us. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem with being on the west coast. If you have a storm that comes up from the Gulf, that could put us right in the. Uh, the line of fire of the eye of the storm yeah but hopefully you know there are other spaghetti models that show it heading further north possibly into the florida panhandle and of course even further west from there yeah that's where we hope it goes yeah that's why the mayor was out yesterday getting people's attention trying to remind folks to be prepared you know it's been a quiet summer but that doesn't mean we're out of the woods yet yeah for sure So a couple of high-profile Democrats are taking a different approach to an upcoming visit by President Biden. Congresswoman Val Demings, who's running for Senate against Marco Rubio, says she won't attend Tuesday's rally. But Charlie Crist, who's running for governor, will. Demings says she'll be in Washington that day. Crist says he is proud to welcome Biden. Rubio's campaign saying Demings is hiding to escape the responsibility for the Biden agenda. 
The uh, average in polling right now, according to realpolitics.com, has Rubio leading Demings by less than three percentage points. So that's within the margin of error, but it's still a lead. And DeSantis is ahead of Chris by about 5%. Yeah, the um, I don't know why Chris is uh, embracing the president and his policies. And this, of course, is being used by DeSantis in his ads against Chris in saying that Chris is a Biden guy. Yeah. So if you like Biden, you can like Chris. If you don't like Biden, you better stay away from Charlie Crist. Yeah. I think the polling shows, though, that because Florida has uh, pretty large numbers of both people supporting both parties, the, the numbers are always fairly close in Florida. Oh, yeah. And in the end, it just comes down to turnout because Republicans vote Republican, Democrats vote Democrat. So it just depends on who shows up more. Rather than these ads saying, oh, well, you know, you like Biden or this and that. I mean, you know, the Republicans aren't going to vote for Christ and, and vice versa. So I don't know how much that, that plays into it. But, you know, uh, in the case of the governor's race, uh, DeSantis has so much more money. So you're just oh, going to see yeah. constant ads now between uh, today and November. That's why a lot of people think that he's going to be a candidate for president in 2024 because he's certainly got the monetary buildup. Yeah, and a recent poll for Florida Republicans shows him leading former President Trump as the preferred candidate in a presidential primary. And it was pretty solidly, too. It was 48 to 40 percent. Yeah. But again, I think you have to wait until we hear any official announcement before you do these speculative polls. Because if Trump comes out and says he wants to run, I still think it would be very difficult for uh, anyone else, including DeSantis, to beat him. In a yeah, most but, of the potential candidates say if Trump runs, they're not going to run. That's right. Most of them won't won't run. Uh, DeSantis looks like he he could try, but I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. And I'm well, not... <laughs> if Trump were smart, he would do everything he can to get DeSantis to be his vice presidential candidate. That's right. So, Jack, reports out of Russia say government offices have been set on fire after Vladimir Putin's decision to send reserve troops to fight in Ukraine. Some local news outlets in several Russian cities report vandalism at military recruitment centers, Molotov cocktails being used to set fire to the buildings. And clearly this is a backlash to him calling people into active military service for this so-called special operation, this special military operation in Ukraine. Yeah, he's called up so many thousand that he is going to put in harm's way in the Ukraine and these people don't like it. They realize you don't have to own the Ukraine. We're fine the way we are. And you know, this guy is becoming very, very unpopular. You know, Russia hasn't had any serious war since the Afghanistan debacle back in the 80s where, yeah. you know, they lost tens of thousands of people. And for what? You know, that was, that was the question that, that people had back then. And, of course, it led to the... Uh, collapse of the Soviet Union, Soviet Union, the uh, loss of the credibility of their leadership. So Putin's walking a dangerous line here because it's one thing to go on TV and hold these phony rallies showing patriotism and excitement over this invasion of Ukraine. But it's another thing when you come calling with draft papers and start taking away husbands and sons from families. And the bodies are returned. That's right. And as we've seen so far, this has been a bloody war. Tens of thousands of Russians have been injured, and as many as ten to 20,000 may have been killed. We're not you know, entirely sure because Russia lies so much about the facts oh, of the yeah. war. But uh, they've lost a lot of people and a lot of equipment. And I think Russians, uh, a number of them, know that this is a dangerous operation. 
and just the fact that it's gone on much longer than Putin ever uh, suggested it would. You know, I think in the beginning, uh, the generals were telling him it would be over in seven days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can see how badly they miscalculated there. So we'll see how that plays out. The only problem for the Russian people is they really don't have much choice in the matter. You know, oh, no, they don't get to vote in a new guy. Not really. That's for sure. And either you go and serve or you can get thrown in prison. So that's yep. uh, it's a tough choice for, uh, for a lot of the uh, conscripts over there. So about two-thirds of Republicans do not believe that President Trump had classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. A poll released by Marquette Law School found only 39% believe that Trump kept those documents at his resort. And you compare that to Democrats, 93% of Democrats believe that he had documents. Now, there was an interview with Trump on Fox with Sean Hannity where Trump essentially said that he can declassify documents just by thinking about it. Yeah, that's the issue of whether or not he actually has that authority as president or former president because he had the documents under his control when he was president that's for sure yeah so this thing's going to end up in court too and going to go on and on and on yeah i think that you know the courts have said that uh, even though uh he can declassify documents uh, he has to show that he did so and there's also questions as to whether or not he even had the right to have the documents the president can declassify things but it doesn't mean he owns them yeah uh, and of course, Jack, this weekend we got the, a big game with the Bucks and the Packers. Oh yeah, the Pack with a record of one and one, and the Bucks two and zero. Oh. Bucks two and zero, oh, but they'll be without Mike Evans, who yeah. was suspended by the league because of the fighting incident during the brawl last weekend with the Saints. And my Mountaineers were victorious last night. 33-10 to 10 over the Hokies from Virginia Tech. Well, that's good to hear. Happy to report. <laughs> yes, that's right. Did you stay up for that one? Uh, well, I couldn't, couldn't find <laughs> it on TV. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing because, you know, we're in the middle of the college football season, and, of course, some of these uh, Florida teams have been kind of surprising. So, Oh, yeah. You don't really know what to expect when it comes to the Saturday games. Well, I'm an old fan, too, so... Yeah. They're having a pretty good year so far. Yep, absolutely. But, uh, you know, things were pretty interesting with USF and UF last week. So, Oh, yeah. USF yeah. played very well. I mean, it lost by three, I think it was, but they played very, very well. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, Chris will have more coming up here in about six minutes to bottom of the hour. And it's 524, and let's check in with John Thomas in traffic. Oh, we're on. Okay. Of course we're on. No, Five, I just played one of those talkbacks. 528, and um, I'm thinking we got a caller here, but I'm thinking we better wait until after the news, you think? Whatever you want, Jack. It's your show. Well, it's your old show. It's a three-person show here, and we'll have uh, Kenny and Tarpon Springs joining us in just a few minutes with comments. And um, a lot of other good things going on here, including the Friday fake news report. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. The debate rages on regarding abortion rights. How will this affect midterms? All the latest happenings happen here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 538 on AM Tampa Bay and got Kenny in Tarpon Springs on the line. And what's up, Kenny? Yeah, good morning, Jack. 
I uh, just want to uh, send my prayers out to the deputy that lost his life last night, uh, protecting us, and, and my prayers go out to the entire Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, because they're out there right now doing it. And uh, this man lost his life last night, just just protecting us. Another one, the second one in 18 months. That is well put, Kenny. And thank you so much for your call. And that is so true. And yeah, I believe they're still looking for the for the guy that that did it. Yeah, yeah, they haven't caught him yet. Let's just hope they ultimately do. Yeah. But um, you know, I mean, I, when I see policemen. Every time I thank them for their service because they have to put their lives on the line so often to protect us. Yeah, we just think we know everything they deal with, but they see a whole lot more that they don't even talk about. How true. How true. Well, let's find out here now what's trending with Katie. Well, no very exciting national days today, but it is National Cherry Jubilee Day. Cherry Jubilee Cherry Jubilee. I didn't. Hmm. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. That's tomorrow. I totally oh. lied to you. But if you want to get ready for Cherry Jubilee Day, go ahead and make it today. I, I am mistaken. Today is actually National Great American Pot Pie Day. Oh, oh. pot pie. Excuse I had, me. I had one of those the other night. Yeah, I, I like the Marie Calendar ones. I haven't really had a pot pie in years. I think oh. the last one I got was from KFC, but I ate them a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. What's a cherry jubilee? I don't know what a jubilee is. I had the same question, so I went and researched it, and it's poached cherries, and Hmm. then they pour warm brandy over it. At least that's the original version. This started in, like, the Queen Victoria days. I guess she loved cherries, so the... Um, chef there at the time created this for her but now people put it over ice cream but it it has liquor in it so it's poached cherries and a simple syrup with warm brandy over top of them i think i'll pass i'm not a big (laughs) fan of cherries no i don't like cherries much at all what about strawberry jubilee i'd do that strawberries i love Yeah. yeah I wonder if that's a thing, if no, yeah. anyone's created that. Yet. It is now. Yeah. Make it for us, James. Let's see what you I can, can do. do. That. Yes. By all means. But today, National Great American Pot Pie Day, so get your Marie calendars out and treat yourself today. Yeah, let's see. Where did I have that? Yet? Oh, the Metro Diner. Oh, I love Metro Diner. Yep, that was pretty good. And also, real quick, Pepsi has introduced a couple new soda flavors inspired Ooh. by s'mores, which is our favorite yeah. campfire treat. They've introduced three unique flavors inspired by s'mores, toasty marshmallow, graham cracker, and chocolate. And these are three different sodas. Yeah. I don't think any of them sound delicious. Maybe the marshmallow one. I don't drink soda. Well, I like chocolate, but not in a drink. <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, kind of with you. They make chocolate beer and stuff, too. What about chocolate just... milk, Jack? I love chocolate okay, milk. Okay, well, that's chocolate in a drink. Yeah, yeah you're right. Fair. You're right. I get, And I like chocolate on top of vanilla ice cream Ooh, syrup. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's 541. Checking in now with John Thomas and traffic. This is the Fake News Report. We are fighting the fake news. Hey. Fake news. On AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. The Friday fake news report from Argus Hamilton. The Houston Chronicle reports Gulf Coast restaurants are doing big business selling alligator meat to diners. The beast is a mystery to Californians. Uh, My neighbor's kid came home from school Monday saying he'd learned in science class that alligators can grow up to 15 feet. 
But he went on and said, but, you know, mostly they only have four. It's the doggone truth. Four feet instead of 15 feet long. <laughs> President Biden gave a speech to the opening session of the United Nations General Assembly on Wednesday that aired live worldwide. Biden started his speech saying his Inflation Reduction Act will help to defeat climate change. It's always best to open with a good joke to get the crowd on your side. I'll take boring for a hundred, Alex. <laughs> New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a lawsuit against Trump and his kids, alleging they inflated the value of their New York real estate to banks to secure loans. I have his legal strategy. Trump needs to quickly rob somebody on the street with an axe to make sure New York prosecutors don't put him in jail. Holy mackerel! Dilly dilly! The Hollywood Reporter said the funeral for Queen Elizabeth drew over 4 billion viewers this week, 40 times the number that the Super Bowl draws. Reaction in Hollywood was swift. The Queen's funeral drew such a huge TV audience that Netflix announced a new series called Down Under Abbey <laughs> instead of Downton Abbey. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Mexico City's newspaper La Prensa reports Mexico City residents are furious over the invasion by Americans who are moving to the city, speaking English, and gentrifying neighborhoods. This is a clear lesson to every patriotic Mexican. You should have built the wall when Trump gave you a chance. President Biden is in New York for his annual foreign policy address to the U.N. General Assembly this week. He's nothing if not consistent. He vowed to stand behind Ukraine, and because he was 15 minutes late to the Queen's funeral Monday, he got to sit behind the Ukraine as well. This is a bunch of stuff. <laughs> the White House hailed California's new law, which will ban the sale of gasoline-powered cars in California in 13 years, and expressed hope that the law spreads nationwide. Car and Driver magazine says 95% of electric cars are still on the road. The other 5% made it all the way home. <laughs> Martha's Vineyard greeted and fed migrants flown in from Florida for just one day Friday. 50 young men from Venezuela walked off the plane astonished they'd arrived at a rich, exclusive residential enclave. And just like that, Martha's Vineyard had the best soccer team in the U.S. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man! <laughs> USA Today says school board races centered around critical race theory teaching could fuel voter turnout in November. It's a big deal to parents. If the leftists wrote about sports the way they write about U.S. history, the biography of Babe Ruth would be about the 1,300 times he struck out. Wow. Westminster Hall displayed Queen Elizabeth casket as hundreds of thousands of mourners came through to pay their respects for over four days. I was unable to fly to London and join the 10-mile-long line of sad and miserable people, so I did the next best thing. I joined the checkout at Walmart. Uh, Martha's Vineyard residents were astonished at a plane load of... Um, Migrants flown there by Governor DeSantis, the migrants startled the enclave of wealthy virtue-signaling liberals, and they got even with Governor DeSantis by flying 50 pro-Castro professors 
to Miami. <laughs> and we're running out of time, so I'm going to jump down to the end here. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis ripped as a racist Thursday after he sent the bus load to the wealthy Democratic enclave of Martha's Vineyard. They were astounded when they got off the bus and saw the neighborhood. The new arrivals now form the island's strategic landscaper reserve. And last and maybe least here, Westminster Abbey hosts uh, Elizabeth Queen Elizabeth's funeral at 6 o'clock in the morning, East Coast time on Monday. It marked a transition of affection for many of us in the English-speaking world. With the passing of his mother, Charles now owns six castles, which he proudly noted as one more than Disney. And that's our Friday fake news report with our apologies. But thank you, James, for trying to make it better. Did my best. 5.50 on AM Tampa Bay and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. How will the ongoing inflation issues affect the midterms? All the latest happenings happen here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 5.54, we got Rory O'Neill joining us right now, our NBC News radio reporter. And uh, Rory, um... We're looking at a major storm developing now to the south of us, and people are getting a little concerned as those uh, spaghetti models move closer and closer to the Tampa Bay area. What's your take on this thing? Yeah, and I saw all those spaghetti noodles were all spread out until overnight tonight when they suddenly all lined up and now put Florida in the crosshairs of this storm. Look, right now it's south of the Dominican Republic. Uh, It's pretty disorganized, but the Hurricane Center thinks it's going to start to get better organized and start to move toward Florida, passing west of Jamaica over Cuba. This thing could be hitting Key West maybe Tuesday night and then up toward Naples uh, maybe Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. So now the time frame is still tricky in here, uh, but it looks like it could be impacting Florida early on Wednesday morning as a Category 2 hurricane with winds of about 110 miles per hour. So, look, we're going into the weekend. Great time to, you know, head out to that uh, home store and make sure that uh, you've got all the supplies you need, the water, the batteries, uh, and the canned food, and so on and so on. So about when would it be adjacent to us here in central Florida if indeed it does continue to go north in that direction? Right. So we're just looking loosely now at the cone of uncertainty. It looks like the center of the storm would be over Naples early to uh, early Wednesday morning. So say this time Wednesday morning, uh, Tampa Bay could be getting hit pretty hard. Hmm. Boy, so we are going to have to get ready for that thing, to say the least. Yep, it's a good time. You know, it's our it's our first test of the year, really. And uh, you know, so you know, make sure you got the hurricane plan. If you do have to move away from a low lying area, make arrangements. If you have friends who live in low lying areas, give them a call. Say, hey, you can crash on the couch here for a couple of days, and we can ride it out together. You don't have to evacuate a hundred miles, just a few miles to get away from those low lying areas. Yep, and we're pretty used to it here. We've done it a few times. <laughs> More than once, yep. <laughs> we all know the drill. By all means. But, you know, there are a lot of new, hey, but I always remember, there are a lot of new Floridians. We talk about how many people move here every day. You know, a lot of people that come here aren't used to the drill, so we have to 
hold their hand and bring them through this. We'll be through it just fine. Yeah, I guess that's what we're going to have to do. Well, Rory, we will talk to you next week. Thanks, Jack. Talk to you then. And have a great weekend. Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter on uh, Twitter, at Radio Rory. And it's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. Security. From Palm Harbor to Val Rico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning. It is Friday, TGIF. Or for our good friends at McDill Air Force Base, Tango Golf India, Foxtrot. And it is the information desideratum here on AM Tampa Bay with incredibly cute and cognitive Katie and judicious James and jocular Jack here. And you can join us anytime at 800-969-9352 or you can text us at 82945 and begin your text with the call letters WFLA. And you can also go to our iHeart uh, app if you've got the iHeart app on your phone and um you can leave up leave us a message yeah you can do a 30 second message and so if you're into the tech get her done yep just tap the microphone on the iheart radio app when you're streaming news radio wfla and yeah record us a message send it to us yes indeed we want to hear from you we got a bunch of birthdays today alan peacock jen epstein Allie marie long Kevin Riley, Robert Sowalish, Karen Jane Alfred Diaz. I think I got that right. Karen Jane Alfred Diaz, Paco Lopez, and Jackie Browning. And have you all got any birthdays? I do. My friend Emily Oiker, who used to be Emily Babcock, but she recently got married. Bria Henry and Amanda Shanks. And I've got Allison Domino, Katie Loscar, Desmond Williams, and Chad Erickson. So happy birthday to all of them today on this 23rd of September. Um, let's see. Got some bad jokes here. A backward poet writes in verse. There's one of them. I just got that one. Took me a second. In a democracy, it's your vote that counts. In feudalism, it's your count that votes. When cannibals ate a missionary, they got a taste of religion. If you jumped off the bridge in Paris, you'd be insane. That'd be the Seine River. A, uh, well, one more here. A vulture boards an airplane carrying two dead raccoons. The stewardess looks at him and says, I'm sorry, sir. One carry-on allowed per passenger. A ca- carry-on being the proper name for a raccoon. Uh, Our apologies on those. I hope you all have something better. I do. Good. Well, I have a story. So I went to the doctor yesterday with a suspicion look. A suspicious looking mole and I was asking him about it and he said they all look that way and that I should have left him in the garden 
And can you top that one, James? Yeah, well, my boss, Tommy Chuck, said I was too unreliable. Uh, and so I said, can you give me an example of when I was too unreliable? And he said, well, yesterday's shift was a prime example. Uh, and I said, what are you talking about? I didn't even work yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Our apologies, folks. And Ritter, you guys need to send us some more jokes, please, before next week. It's 10 minutes after 6 on AM Tampa Bay. And we're going to check out the movies here with our vet guys at the movie guy, Kevin Carr. Coming up right now, we're going to check traffic with John Thomas. For the Moss Nissan Traffic Center. It's all about the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, and he knows it all best. Let's go to Kevin Carr for the latest movie news and reviews on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 6.15, Kevin Carr, welcome aboard here. And, well, as always, have we got any comedies? Uh, we don't have any comedies on deck to talk about this week, so uh, you know, I, mean, I guess we'll, uh, we'll 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 check those out eventually when they start rolling out again. Uh, but the the one big one that's in theaters is called "Don't Worry, Darling." This is directed by Liv- Olivia Wilde. It's her follow up to Book Smart. And if you've been paying any attention to sort of uh, the the movie news, it's been embroiled in controversy just because of shenanigans that were going on during the publicity tour where there were accusations of people not getting along on set and uh, different things happening and then kind of a bizarre uh, showing at at the Venice Film Festival. But we can finally talk about the movie because it is out in theaters now. Uh, The story, it's more of a thriller, uh, sort of surreal movie where a uh, Florence Pugh plays this young housewife, uh, which appeared in, and they don't name the time but it's like seems to be the late 50s uh living in this desert community kind of this very nice squeaky clean uh desert community that kind of has everything self-contained and her husband every day with all the other husbands goes off to work but then she starts noticing things strange happening and starts to question her own reality and wonders what's really going on behind the scenes and uh that's an interesting setup. It's just it, that's that's all it is for like an hour and a half is this setup. It really feels like it's like a half hour Twilight Zone episode that's been uh, just dr- stretched out to this two hour thing. Um, and you know, hey, it, it has a certain degree of 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 a twist to it. I guess you can say because you got to figure out what exactly what's going on. Uh, but it's it's not really a great twist. It's one of those that. I think Olivia Wilde thought she was making a much smarter movie than she actually was. Hmm. Anything else going on out there we ought to know about? Well, on uh, streaming, we've got the the uh, series Andor has dropped on Disney+. Plus. This is, of course, the uh, the latest Star Wars uh, show, and it tells the story of Cassian Andor from Rogue One, how he got... Uh, involved with the Rebel Alliance, um, it's uh, it's it's a little bit more of a grown-up type series. It's a little bit more of a, a sort of like uh, it's less gee whiz and pulpy, you know, compared to something like uh, the Book of Boba Fett or the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Um, it, it has a lot of setup. They dropped three episodes. The first two episodes are a lot of setup, sort of like science fiction version of uh, of Game of Thrones. Some stuff does happen in the third episode, but they they are just sort of like laying the groundwork. It's it's well done, 
uh, and it does have that feel that Rogue One has. Um, so uh, if you want something that's less pulpy than, than what you've gotten in the past, then I think that there's room for all types of shows of, on, uh, in Star Wars. It's a big enough galaxy. Uh, but that's the, that is now available on Disney+. Plus. Mm. I'm just wondering how the uh, fact that people can get so many movies and everything on TV today, how that's impacting theaters. Well, I mean, it is definitely having an impact at theaters. I mean, the, the numbers are down in theaters. I, I think the two things that have happened, especially, uh, it, and it's not that, that it's related to COVID. It just sort of happened concurrently with COVID while streaming became so uh, prevalent. Uh, you, you've lost a lot of sort of like mid-range uh, movies. You know, you've got the big blockbusters like Jurassic World and Top Gun, and you've got the small independent films that still are, are, are put out there. It's the stuff in the middle, the stuff that you would expect to gross $50, $60 million and be done. Those are the ones that are getting turned to pivoting, be, uh, pivoting to streaming because the services want to keep charging, you know, what they do, which is sometimes you know, a billion dollars a month with all of their subscriptions. <laughs> Not true. Well, it is Kevin Carr, fatguysatthemovies.com. And, Kevin, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. All right, sounds good. All right, it's uh, 6.19 on AM Tampa Bay, and we're going to have Aaron Real joining us in a minute and talk about, um, well, problems with, things happening from a monetary standpoint now and the way it's impacting us especially here in florida oh inflation is killing everybody oh i know if you think about it jack inflation is like 8.3 percent right now well if you divide your your paycheck you know for the year into you know by 12 months that's 8.3 percent of your paycheck yeah, that, that inflation has just gone up and taken away from us. We're losing an entire month of pay just because of inflation. Yep, and no end in sight, but we'll hear more about it coming up from Aaron Real in just a couple of moments here. It's 6.20, time to check in on traffic with John Thomas. Jack, Katie, and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 624 on AM Tampa Bay, and we're joined now by Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. And Aaron, we were talking about how the economy is, well, the inflation is causing a big hit on people today with their uh, salaries not being increased as much as inflation is and a lot of other problems along the way here. Yes, indeed. We've said it before and we'll say it again, inflation, inflation, inflation. And it sounds wild, but there is as clear a correlation between luxury homes and butter. And and I know this sounds like a weird one that I'm mashing together, (laughs) but there actually is a direct correlation there. So I'll start with luxury homes because luxury home sales in the U.S., they've dropped 28%. In August, that's from one year ago, and and that comes in the face of non-luxury homes. They fell during the same period, but they only fell about 20%. And and to be clear, luxury homes are defined as the top 5% of homes based on the estimated market value of an area. So it varies wherever you are, but it's the top 5% of those homes. And the major reason for the slowdown, recession fears, rising interest rates. And, And this seems surprising because a lot of 
super wealthy buyers, they aren't directly impacted by interest rates in the sense that they purchase in cash very often, but they are still paying attention to these wider economic indicators. And they're dealing with inflation just like the rest of us. And in fact, if you're a rich person, you definitely care about how much profits the companies that you're invested in are making. And if the stock price is going down, that affects yields and it actually affects treasury yields. And if you're looking to park your money in an asset right now, a lot of people are moving away from real estate and moving towards treasuries. They seem like a better bet than real estate right now. That's because the market is so inflated and the price is so high that treasuries give you a better yield. But now if we're going to connect that to you know the everyday buyer at the market, butter, butter as a commodity has soared 40% this year on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Wow. It's reached more than Yes, I know. Incredible. It's reached more than $3.20 per pound during trading this month. That's the highest on record. And the U.S. grocer prices are are 13% over the past 12 months. They're up. But butter is up 25%. And what this comes down to is, again, recession fears, inflation, labor market shortages. We talk about it all the time, but lower milk production in the U.S. at the dairy farms has created labor shortages at the processing plants. This has weighed on the butter outputs for months, and we're going into the baking season with the holidays coming up, so butter is is down. So really, the forces at work here at butter or in the luxury home buying market, they really come down to inflation, and it's curtailing everything. And uh, no, no promise of it getting any better in the future. Not, I mean... No, not in the immediate future, which is why we saw Jerome Powell on Wednesday just increase the interest rate, uh, the the federal funds rate, the benchmark rate for the Fed up 75 basis points. He did that in an effort to, again, help combat this inflation that, like you said, isn't going anywhere. And the Fed has to do something to get it under control, which is why they keep raising these interest rates, which is why treasuries give you more money than luxury real estate at the moment. Mm. So you want to go with the treasuries. (laughs) Yeah, at the moment, they're looking pretty good. <laughs> well, sounds like a plan. And Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, will talk to you next week. Thank you, Jack. Have a wonderful weekend. Oh, you too. All weekends are wonderful. It's those days in between. Hmm. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay, and we got Katie's Dope of the Day coming up here in a little bit. And also a look at this day in history. And we're going to talk to one of the creators of Bay News 9. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary this weekend. And 629 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day. On AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 637, Katie Bacino, who is our dopey dope of the day. Well, it is 33-year-old Alexander Tung Chu Lee from Orange County, California. He's facing felony charges of interface with flight crew members and attendants with a maximum possible sentence of 20 years in federal prison. 20 Mm. years. What did he do? So he punched a flight attendant in the back of the head the other day. Someone filmed a video of this, but he was asked to return to a seat. I guess he had sat down in an unoccupied first class seat and just kind of hoped for the best. And he asked for a coffee and they told him, like, you don't sit here. Go back to your seat. And uh, he punched the flight attendant in the back of the head. Yeah, I saw the uh, video on that. (laughs) He just comes up behind the guy and boom, whacks him in the back of the head. 
Yeah, he was uh, detained by other passengers until police arrived. They had to wait until the flight for the flight to land because this was in the air when it happened. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, there. It seems that people are getting out of control more and more on airplanes these days. But what the heck? It's true. It's happening a lot more, and it's. I don't know. I haven't flown in a while, so I think most airlines have relieved the whole mask thing. So you know when. They were happening on flights a lot during COVID, and we were like, it has to be because of the mask thing. People are just irritated. But the mask mandates are gone on most airlines, at least now, and still just people are not happy. Oh, I know. And, like, he did something wrong here. You sit in first class, you're going to have to at least think you're not going to get away with it. A smidge of you has to think, I'm not going to get away with this. They're going to ask me to move. Like, how are you that mad when you're asked to move for something yeah. you did incorrectly that you're going to punch someone in the back of the head? But they are cracking down on punishment for this. I mean, he's facing 20 years in prison. Granted, he probably won't get 20 years in prison, but that's a, I mean, for punching a flight attendant in the back of the head, that's a serious charge. Oh, yeah. And, well, it should be. Hey, you got some great stuff on our uh, webpage here. I see you got a new one. A Florida dancer does a moonwalk dance underwater. Yes, Michael Jackson would be proud of this one. It's really incredible. Mm. It looks like an illusion when you watch the video, and it's quick. You can go watch the video. It looks like an illusion, but it's really not. She did this dance underwater. It's crazy. They put this on USA Today. I've seen this girl on like talk shows and stuff doing interviews because it's amazing. And we've got, if you go further down there, you got to check this out if you're a guy. Five reasons why it's tough to be a guy. And we're going to get into this next week about why it's better to be a guy or whether it's better to be a gal. You're going to be here next week, right? Oh, yeah. We'll both be here. So we will get into that in a big time. And it's 640 on AM Tampa Bay. And we've got our this day in history coming up in just a couple of minutes but right now let's check in with john thomas and traffic now taking a look back at this day in history on am tampa bay with jack harris and this day in history is presented by the duncan duo today in history for september 23rd 1561 king philip ii of spain issued a cedula ordering a halt to the colonizing efforts in Florida. Florida, by the way, for those who aren't aware, has a rich history with the uh, Spanish and with the French as well. We'll get into some of that here later on. We've got some pretty historic things that have happened right here in St. Petersburg. 1642, the first commencement exercises occur at Harvard College. 1779, in the American Revolution, John Paul Jones, naval commander of the United States, on board the USS Bonham Richard, wins the Battle of Flamborough Head. 1780, in the Revolutionary War, British Major John Andre is arrested as a spy by American soldiers, exposing Benedict Arnold's change of sides. 1806, Lewis and Clark returned to St. Louis after exploring the Pacific Northwest of the U.S. 1845, the Knickerbockers Baseball Club 
the first baseball team to play under the modern rules, is founded in New York. 1846, astronomers Urbain Laverrier, John Couch Adams, and Johann Gottfried Gall collaborate on the discovery of Neptune. 1911, pilot Earl Ovington makes the first official airmail delivery in America under the authority of the U.S. Post Office Department. 1942, World War II, the Mantanacal action on Guadalcanal begins. U.S. Marines attack Japanese units along the Matanacal River. 1950, in the Korean War, the Battle of Hill 282 is the first U.S. friendly fire incident on British military personnel since World War II. 1962, the Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts opens in New York City and is still operating. 1986, Houston Astros' Jim Deshaies sets a then-record striking out the first eight batters he faced against the L.A. Dodgers. 2002, the first public version of the web browser Mozilla Firefox, uh, also Phoenix Point One, is released. 2004, over 3,000 people die in Haiti after Hurricane Jean produced massive flooding and mudslides. And finally, in 1834, a small neighbor of Fort Brooke changed its name from town of Tampa Bay to Tampa. And you know where that is, of course. And this day in history, presented by the Duncan Duo, gets your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now. Join the duo, duo.com. I'm going to get that right. There we go. Hey, by the way, um, if you're flying through Tampa International Airport anytime soon, uh, you'll be glad to know you're walking into the best of large airports, according to a 2022 North American Airport Satisfaction Study by J.D. Power, uh, TPA claimed the top spot this year after coming in third and even second place the past two years in the study. Um, and, of course, you want to know what's good about uh, TPA. The study conducted by J.D. Power measures overall travel satisfaction by observing six factors within mega, large, and medium airports terminal facilities, airport arrival departure, baggage claim, security check, check-in baggage check, and food, beverage, and retail. And we were number one among our category uh, in the 17th year of the study. TPA is number one, followed by behind by uh, John Wayne Airport in Orange County. California have flown there. Dallas Love Field in Texas have flown out of there. Uh, Louis Arm Louis Armstrong New Orleans Airport number four flown out of there, and Raleigh Durham International Airport number five 
have flown out of there too. We definitely have the best airport. But Orlando was number six among the mega airports, which is what we are. And Minneapolis-St. Paul International took first place in the mega category. Anyway, that's the latest on the best airport in the country. It's ours right here at TPA. It's 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay and time to check on traffic with John Thomas. The border crisis continues and could be a big focus for the midterms. All the latest happenings happen here. Now back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.54 on AM Tampa Bay. We were uh, trying to get Elliot Weiser on the phone. He was one of the creators of Bay News 9. Oh, we got Elliot now. Okay. Elliot, you got the big celebration this weekend, 25 years of Bay News 9. Yeah, Jack, it's exciting, isn't it? Tomorrow's the anniversary. Yeah, and I remember way back when I got to do uh, restaurant reviews Bay News 9, and then I even got to do some election coverage a couple of times as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, you were one of, uh, one of our favorite people to have on. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. 25 years where we started and where it is today. Oh, I know. You've been in two different locations, first of all. Yep. Uh, started at Pinellas Park and then, uh, it's currently at the Carillon. And, uh, uh, the station's just has done, uh, so well. And, uh, you know, everyone doubted us when we started and, uh, no one thought that it would, turn into anything special and uh, now it's one of the top media brands in tampa bay oh yeah big time and one of the really popular features is weather on the nines i mean if people want to know what it's going to be like when they go outside they go to bay news nine and wait for weather on the nines which every 10 minutes at nine minutes after 19 after 29 after you're going to get a full weather forecast yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. When, when I, when I created Bay News 9 25 years ago, that was the first thing I decided that we were going to do is weather on the nines. And as you probably know, there's a famous radio station up in New York, um, winds that had weather on the ones. Oh, and, I wasn't uh, aware of that one. That's where the idea came from. I wasn't aware of that one. Weather on the yeah. ones. <laughs> well, yeah, I like weather, weather on the nines. On the ones. And <laughs> they've been doing it for like 50 years. And, uh, so that's where their idea came from. And uh, Weather on the Nines became, you know, that was a tenant of really the programming for Bay News 9. And everything was really built around Weather on the Nines. When I designed the wheel, uh, everything was designed around Weather on the Nines. Well, you've got some great people working there, I'll tell you that. And uh, you're just very fortunate because I know the ratings are outstanding and Keep up the good work, Elliot, and thanks for joining us this morning on AM Tampa Bay, and uh, happy 25th anniversary. Thanks, Jack, and thank you for everything you contributed to Bay News 9, and uh, I appreciate being on. Well, it's great to have you. Thank you, Elliot. It's 6.57 on, uh, and by the way, happy autumn, and don't forget um, that the Rosh Hashanah begins on Sunday night, um, and we'll talk to you Monday morning at 5.
on AM Champa Bay. Live it up. 